Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Hello, Meredith. How are you today? Hello. I am fine. It is Friday when we're recording. It's finally sunny in the Bay Area, you know, because it's May. (laughs) Built for cold, girl. I know. But the sun's coming out. We're going to have a sunny, warm weekend. And we are recording one of our final episodes of the season. Dun, dun, dun. But But we'll still hang out, right? Duh. Duh. Always. <laughs> so we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about. And I was like, let's switch it up and talk about something. Let's move away from college because we talk a lot about the college process and get all worked up about that. So today mm-hmm. we're going to talk about something else that gets us worked up. And that's devices. <laughs> and this top. <laughs> the common denominator for every episode is what pisses Meredith and Kathy off. Yeah, seriously. I was coaching one of my little seventh graders who turns 13 today about her phone use yesterday. And Mm -hmm. I was struck by the contrast her parents are taking with her in comparison to another one of my eighth graders who is not allowed to have a phone. So my little seventh grader has had a phone. I actually didn't ask her for how long she's had a phone, but... Definitely this entire year, she's had a phone as a seventh grader. And so it got me thinking about, okay, when when is it appropriate for your kids to have a smartphone? Yep. Yeah. And if you do give them a smartphone, what are some of the rules that you need to set up and expectations that you need to set up in place before said phone is given to the child? Okay. So I asked my seventh grade today. I'm like, what are the rules around your phone use? She's like, well, I have like parental controls. So like certain things turn off for her after a certain time. Uh, <laughs> and you and I both know, we both have thoughts about parent, so-called parental controls. Right, right. And she's like, well, I actually, I actually call my friends on my computer and that's actually times out. And I'm like, oh, interesting. She's like, but even though it times out, we can still hear each other. We just can't see each other. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so it doesn't work at all. And then your parents come in and what happens? She's like, well, they kind of tell me to get off the phone, but then I don't. I'm like, hmm, that's effective. So <laughs> hilarious. I know. Hilarious. Right. I'm like, just so you know, I'll be sending your email, your parents an email tomorrow about mm-hmm. your phone use. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, but, 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 oh no. And I was like, yeah, because um, oh, yes. it's a real problem, honey. I was like, how many hours do you think you should be on the phone? Like, what is a what is a correct amount? What seems reasonable? She's like, I should be on the phone for three hours. I can <gasps> talk on the phone for three hours. I was like, say what? <laughs> <laughs> also, you're not talking. You're typing. Let's be clear. <laughs> oh, no, she's talking. She she talks on the phone with her friend for oh, three okay. hours. Okay, that's a they little do, bit cute. They do that's their homework together and then oh. they talk. 
afterwards for three hours. a little cute. It's not cute because it takes her six hours to do her homework. (laughs) No, it's not cute, but it's cute in an age of like just endless Snapchatting. It's kind of cute. But yes, bad, bad, bad bad child. I was like three hours. I was like, girl, you cannot talk on the phone. This is a 12-year-old, 13. Happy birthday, by the way. 13. (laughs) Big birthday. So anyways, I wanted to unpack some of that with you. Yeah. And Mary and I were talking earlier. We are not media experts, right? Like we are not experts on social media use, devices. I think we are experts on teens. I believe that we are. And we have worked with lots of teenagers and we see the way that their device use affects them. So we're going to talk about that today. And if you are the parents of young children... This is a, you know, some food for thought. And old children. And yeah, I guess old children too. Even if you've already unlocked and, Pandora's box. <laughs> yo, like, and adults. Hopefully yeah. this conversation gets you to reflect on your own phone usage, particularly if you are modeling some bad habits for your children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's start with the question that I think parents struggle with a lot, which is, when do I get my child a cell phone? Like, what is an appropriate time? My kid's been bugging me since they were in fifth grade. They're coming home and they're telling me that they're the only one in their grade that doesn't have a phone and it makes them look weird. And mom, I hate you because you're... I can't talk to my friends. I I don't know what's going on. You don't want me to have friends? (laughs) You just want me to be at home? Sad? I don't know what's going on with anybody. This is how people connect. Yeah, We don't go outside. So if you are a parent listening and you're getting uh, some of that hardcore press from your kids, what do you think, Kathy? What do you you think is – how would you address the question of when is an appropriate time to get your child a smartphone? The answer to that is never. No, just kidding. Uh, I would actually hold off. I mean, my instinct is to say hold off as long as possible. Yep. And so this brings up my other family. I coach their eighth grader. and. My eighth grader is not allowed to have a phone. And I'm like, oh, I was surprised because usually eighth graders, most most eighth graders Mm -hmm. that I've worked with have phones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you don't have a phone. And she's like, no. And I was like, why don't you have a phone? And she's like, because my parents have told me that they don't think I'm responsible enough or disciplined enough to have one. And I was like, ooh, girl. (laughs) Hell yeah. Parents got got that kid on lock. They got your number. And to be fair, she is ADHD. She's really easily distracted yep. Yep. by screens. And I think that's totally reasonable. And I'm like, okay, so how do you stay in touch? She's like, oh, I have a, I have an Apple Watch and, you know, I can text from there if I need to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my parents can reach me and I can make phone calls from it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, nice. So there are workarounds, right? And I think there were le- yeah. fewer workarounds years ago. It was kind of like, what if there's an emergency? What if my kidneys need to get in touch with me? There was like a lot of worry around that. And I think there are lots more workarounds. There are phones for teens, preteens that are not smartphones. They're just mm-hmm. like old school. <laughs> old school <laughs> phones. Yeah, flip phone. <laughs> From the 90s, right? They've got not smartphones. So there's options for kids if you need them to be in touch or they need to be able to get in touch with you throughout the day for different reasons. But I like that approach, right? I don't think that there's like a one size fits all 
number or or age. We were just looking up this article from Common Sense Media. What was the data around? Oh, the pressure. Yeah. So the there was a study that sort of showed that 42% of kids have a phone by age 10. It doesn't distinguish between smartphone and just phone. And by age 12, it's 71%. And by age 14, it's 91% of, of children will have a phone. Which both Kathy and I think, I think I reacted to that feeling like that's high. That's a lot. I don't know. You know, let's just assume 71% of 12-year-olds have a phone. Let's assume that data is sort of representative. I would make a strong argument that 71% of 12-year-olds are not mature enough to have a phone. Oh, yes. (laughs) Definitely agree. Because I'm like, not to be down on boys. I was like, especially when half of them are boys. (laughs) You know, girls too. I think girls get themselves in trouble in all kinds of ways. And there's a distinction to be made between a kid who wants a cell phone because all of their friends have a cell phone and actual necessity for being in touch with your child. So I think for parents, as you're kind of deciding when to get your child a cell phone, be honest with yourselves about what's really happening here. First, is it about the social group, keeping up with the Joneses? Is that what it's really about? Second, is it about communication? Like you're worried, but I want to make a I want to make a comment on that concern that I hope comes out right. I've talked to a lot of parents who justify giving their children cell phones at a pretty young age for that reason. Well, like, what if I need to get in touch? Or what if there's an emergency or this, that, the other? And I don't know, maybe it's the Gen X in me that's like, listen, like part of good growth is helping them learn to figure it out. And there will be adults everywhere near them that have cell phones that they could ask, much like when cell phones weren't a thing, we had to go find a phone. I just think that there are some parents who are overly anxious about getting in touch with their children. Maybe this is my my dean of students reacting when I would like Kids would get kicked out of class because their mom and dads were like texting them all day during school because they just were like not able to control themselves. So there's a part of me that wants, you know, if you're really worried about getting in touch with your child, like that feels really important. Ask yourself, okay, is that because I'm having a disproportionate amount of anxiety that maybe is outsized given the situation or is there real need? So for example, like blended families, you know, families, children of divorce, sometimes there's just a lot more like coordination that has to happen between like picking somebody up from a practice or whatever. Like that kind of makes sense to me. So I just think like examine your why first. Second, I think you got to then look at your kid. Even if you're super anxious about having being able to get in touch with your kid, is your child mature enough to handle having a cell phone? So what would be some of the factors parents should consider when they're evaluating their child's readiness, maturity to handle a smartphone? Well, I would say that, you know, in some ways, I think it's actually maybe hard to gauge without actually like seeing. Yeah, exactly. Without trying the cell phone in particular. And I think maybe in some ways it's more important to be, to know, to be very clear about the rules once Mm -hmm. you give your kid a cell phone. The student that I have that I was mentioning at the beginning of the show, I asked her what rules she has and she has no rules around her. No rules? No. I was like, do you have any rules around your phone use? She's like, no. (laughs) And I'm like, not really. And I'm like, that's 
not okay. She's like, well, I have screen time. And I was like, like screen time limits, right? There's certain apps that time out for her. But, you know, like I said, she can talk on the phone, you know, for hours until her parents come and scream at her to get off her phone. And I'm like, that's just not as a parent, like you don't want to enter into that type of conflict with your kid around the phone, right? So it should be really clear early on, even if like, let's say my eighth grader gets a phone next year and she's not really ready for her phone. I think her parents are going to be like, at this time, we're going to take your phone, right? Yeah. Like after X PM, you can't have your phone anymore. And I was asking my seventh grader, I was like, what do you think it's a reasonable time for you to not have your phone anymore? She was like, 10. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes. 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 You got jokes. You got jokes. I'm like, no. 10 p.m., girl. I was like, you to be in bed at 10. What are you talking about? And the fact that her parents haven't had this conversation with her, right, is like not – it's – it's harder to kind of rein it in, right? Totally. You've given her full totally. control over her phone use. And so, like, you've got to be really clear. When you are doing homework, you're not allowed to be on your phone. And This is stressing me out. <laughs> I told her, I said, the rule is, and I'm going to tell your parents, the rule is when you do homework, you are not allowed to be on the phone. You cannot be on a phone call. You cannot do two things at once. Your brain, like, we love multi, we live in a multitasking society. But our brains do not function that way. Like, you cannot focus on two things at once. Especially right? little baby brains. Yes, exactly. And I was like, you cannot be talking to your friend and learning math at the same time. So, <laughs> like, Kathy, stop. can you – you're making – this is making me <laughs> nauseous. Okay. You feel to. I want to take a step back. Like, literally, I'm, like, clutching my pearls over this audio medium. Okay. So, I want to take a step back. So, first of all, you know, there's all the parameters. Like once your kid has a phone, there's all the parameters. So I think we need to talk. I think we need to dig into that more. But prior to that, I do think there are some things that need to be evaluated to sort of suss out like maturity. You know, one would be how does your kid treat their stuff? You know, a phone is often an expensive thing, or maybe you're giving them your old phone when you upgrade or whatever. But like in general, how does your kid treat their stuff? Is their room a hot mess? Do they like not take care of their belongings? Do they lose them all the time? Do they forget them all the time? Right? That's an important thing to consider when you're considering whether or not to give them this device. Because it's not just about like safety and screen time and like social media addiction, although that's probably just as important. It's also about learning to take care of something, learning to be responsible with possessions, be respectful of things that are given to us, right? There's some life lessons there. So that's one thing I would I would look at. The other thing is, what other rules do you have? If all of a sudden, if you're a house that has no rules, just, you know, Lord of the Flies up in your home, right? Kids running wild. <laughs> and all of a sudden you give them a phone. And all of a sudden, because you've heard or read some articles that like this could be a dangerous device and they don't have the cognitive maturity to handle it, you impose a whole ton of rules, guess what? Those are not going to go well because they're not accustomed or acclimated to boundaries. So it's really important that when you introduce something like a phone, it is boundaried like the other things that already hopefully exist in your house. Like, okay, like I need you to clean your room before you go hang out with your friends or you didn't do, you have chores. You know, in general, are you cultivating a broader sense of responsibility in the home, right? It's why you and I talk about why we think chores are like so important. 
And I think we're kind of speaking to like a middle school parent right now. If you're a high school parent and you don't have any rules, this is going to be rough. <laughs> well, you know, the free range kids, they exist, right? Like the free uh, range kids. Yeah, free range. They're just like, do what they want to do. And especially high schoolers, a lot of parents are like, you know, I maintain my hands I've done off my job. Point. Yeah, yeah. I'm hands off at this point. I'm hands off. I can't, I can't control their behavior. So, you know, I'm hands off. And I think that's a cop out. And I've told parents that. And I said, your kids need you more, not less. They need still need boundaries. You can't just decide that they can have free reign and decide what their curfew is and come home whenever the heck they want to, as long as they do their homework. Like, I'm like, that is not okay. So I'll tell you something funny about myself, Meredith. I had no chores growing up. Zero. And yet you are like a cleaning machine. Now I am, but not when I was a kid and not for a long time. But I- I And you were a wild child. I was a wild child. I had zero chores as a child growing up. Yes, you had a lot of chores. You- I'll bet you did. I'm not kidding you. My parents would ask me to like go get the mail from the end of the lane, that type of thing. But like there was no regular chore in my life. I got out of bed, took a shower in the morning to get ready for school. And when I got back into my bedroom, my bed was already made. That's nice. That's what my mom did. My mom's like love language, right? So I think anyways, this is like another episode around love language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About chores. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Responsibility. And I did lose a jacket like every two weeks at school. <laughs> and I would just like to, the audience to hear Kathy was a wild child. Yes. I, I was not very church. responsible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was very irresponsible. Wild. I was wild and I was irresponsible. And I don't think my parents cultivated responsibility. I think they oh, just yeah. expected it. Like they didn't think that that was like. Like a learned. That's a right, learned right. skill. Right. Like we have they to didn't teach see it as a that. learned skill. They were just like, you know, be a good person. Be a good kid, and the good kids are responsible, and so just be good. My dad's gonna probably be upset. If, uh, well, he won't be upset. I think he'll laugh. He he likes to revisionist history. He likes to say that he 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 didn't really do this. And I was like, Dad, this happened all the time. If I ever went to my dad and was like, I'm bored, you know, like boredom oh, yes. was. He, he was like, Oh, okay, you're bored. Cool. Um, here are things you can do. You can uh, read a book. Read a book yes. You can write down words you don't know in the dictionary, <laughs> read the encyclopedia, you can write a letter to grandma and grandpa, or you can go outside and play. It was like, there was no, I was like, these are not fun options. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's actually a great parenting strategy is to give your kids a choice without really giving them a choice. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I mean, he, there was some not so subtle messaging in his options that he was giving me. But anyway, back to our phone conversation. So- the other thing I wanted to say before we talk about like limits and restraints and like once your kid has a phone, what you should, the do's and don'ts, this is going to be, I'm going to say something and it's going to require parents to be real honest about who their children are and heads up parents, you guys suck at being objective about your own children. I'm just going to say that. I don't think that's controversial, but probably some people will <laughs> think it is because they often think that they're like, they see their kids so clearly. You do not want to give your child a phone if they bully kids, have bullied kids, or are being bullied by kids at their school. You just don't want to do that. So much of bullying happens online, and it's really serious, and it can get really, really bad pretty quickly. 
And Kathy and I have both seen it and both had to deal with it and untangle those horrible knots. Let's say you have a kid who's like, the school's called you three times this year to talk about like their interaction with other kids in their class and how that's not been great. That has to be resolved first. Like they have to understand how to treat other people respectfully, their peers, before they get a phone. Because if that behavior goes unchecked and is now given a new tool for which that behavior can be like exercised sort of without impunity, right? It's going to be bad. Similarly, if you have a child that you've been struggling because they've been bullied at their school, be mindful of that because all of a sudden, like, has that bullying stopped? Do you feel confident that the parents of the children who are doing the bullying are on it? I just think that's something that parents don't often think about when they're thinking about to give a phone or not give a phone, but it's really important. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good points. Good points. I like it. When I think about the student that I have who doesn't have a phone, I think the reason why, I think she actually is very responsible. She does a sport that requires her to be pretty regimented and disciplined. Nice. And she's pretty responsible about her duties. Nice. But what her parents are noticing that she's very distracted by her screen. And so Mm -hmm. she can really lose track of time by when she's doing homework because she'll flip over like something. We'll ask her to look up something on YouTube. And then before you know it, she's entered the YouTube death spiral. (laughs) She's just like watching YouTube for an hour. Right. And so they've noticed that. And so that's one of the reasons they don't want to give her another distraction because she's so easily distracted by a screen. And I'm curious to see next year when she's a freshman, if she gets a phone and what rules come around with having a phone. And I think that's so important because I see with my seventh grader who has no rules, I'm like, wait, your parents have no, they don't take your devices away at some point in the night. She's like, nope. I'm like, okay. (laughs) There it is. Wait, let's talk about some rules then. First of all, let's establish that. It is our strong, Kathy and I strongly recommend that if you, if and when you give your child a cell phone, whether that's in seventh grade or eighth grade or even ninth grade, 10th grade, like as long as that child is in your house, you should have rules around cell phone use. Now, should a senior in high school have exactly the same rules as a sixth grader, as a seventh grader? No, they'll probably need to change and adjust, but there needs to be limits. So I think if we're talking about middle school children, one of them for me, would be that there are defined times that they are allowed to use their phone. You give them the phone during that time, and then you take away the phone when the time is done. And let's be clear, most schools have rules about phone use. And for my seventh grader who has no rules at home, she's actually not allowed to even turn on her phone at school. Yeah. Like, it's not. And I was like, and is anybody checking that? She's like, no, but I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't do it because I'm scared because then I would have to go talk to the principal. I'm like, oh, consequence. That's effective, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Cause, effect. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, I would recommend, right? First of all, hopefully a middle schooler has a defined bedtime. That's not 11. And what are some boundaries? For me, boundaries around cell phone use are like, you can use it after things are done. Chores are done. Homework is done. 
you know, whatever is done, right? Sports practice, your room is picked up, you've taken a shower, like whatever those sort of routines are in your home, it's a reward. It's not a right. That's right. It's not automatic. Your phone is a privilege, girl. That's what I told you yesterday. (laughs) It is a privilege. And so like, let's say it's a random Tuesday and your child hasn't done the things. They haven't picked up their room. They still have a little bit of homework left. They've been a little sassy with you today. You know, they don't get their phone automatically just because they want it or just because their friends are trying to get in touch with them. And just because there's this big, you know, event the next day and they're going to be ostracized. Like it's not their phone. I think you should cultivate this belief that you're. That's a good point. That it is actually my phone and I'm letting you use it. (laughs) Like this is not your phone. Yeah. You do not own this. <laughs> because I've watched it happen. I think the one thing that I get a lot from parents, it's so funny. Your kids will play you, parents. They are going to play you when it comes to your phone. They are going to try to convince you that their social life, which you do care about because you're, you know, you love them and you want them to have a healthy social life, will be ruined if they don't get their phone for this half an hour. You will run into that. They are hyperbolic. You cannot believe everything your child tells you. So, and maybe there will be a social consequence for them not having their phone. But if they haven't followed your rules, guess what? They won't make that mistake again. You cannot give in to the pressure your kids are going to put on you and they are going to start pulling on your heartstrings about their social life. And I've seen it, I've been in so many meetings. When I worked in schools between like, like parents on my couch, teen is on my couch, I'm at my desk because I see the kid at school, you know, because I spent eight hours a day with the kid, I see all of the social interactions, right? And because I've had conversation, I know what's really going on. And then I watch the child explain a situation to their parent and the distortion that happens. And I would often be like, don't lie to your parents like that. Like you, you and I literally talked about this 20 minutes ago before your mom walked in the room and you are straight up exaggerating. So know that they will try to work you. They will work you. They will try really hard and it's going to suck. This is where parent cannot be friend. This is where this gets tested a lot. Like, are you your kid's friend? Are you their parent? So be aware of that. And then I think name like this is this is a privilege name it it can be taken away at any time if you don't do the things we've outlined i also am a big believer that phones particularly for younger early stage adolescents middle adolescents it's not good to have it in their bedroom like it's just not great nope i have a, i had a senior years ago whose mom was like i still take her phone away every night i don't care if she's a senior i'm like good, good. and you know what her daughter actually appreciated it just like, oh, thank God. Like, just give me some relief from it, right? Yeah. Because it need can help. be stressful. The phone can be stressful, well, I too. I think you're speaking to something that get, that happens more and more as students get older. The yeah. pressure that students will feel around things like keeping a Snapchat streak or Instagram yeah, like. Yeah. To adults, as you're listening to us, that may, like, blow your mind and you may think that we sound crazy. But this is actual re- – this is real stuff that gets kids into trouble. Or – they're starting to date someone for the first time and they're freaking out because someone hasn't texted them back or because, yep. you know, as parents, right. or they really, feel like they have to respond even though it's 1 a.m. <laughs> right. And they won't like me if they, right. right. Exactly. All this stuff starts to come up for them. And when you cultivate 
at 17 and 18, if they're struggling with that, the way to prevent that is at 12 and at 13, when they first get their phones is to really have a lot of conversation about rules, boundaries. What's the role of this device? Making sure that it's not a thing that they become dependent on, making sure that they don't feel a sense of urgency around it. And that's really hard. Adolescents do not have the neurocognitive sophistication to pump the brakes. We as adults have to do that for them. They need that support from us. I think that's such an important point because I was, I didn't want to, when I was talking to my seventh grader yesterday, I said, I don't want to make it sound like there's something wrong with you or you're bad or you have a character flaw, but I think developmentally it's not appropriate for you to have free reign over your phone because you can't make the decisions you need to make to be disciplined around your phone. You're not quite there yet. And your parents have to do that for you, right? Like, I know you don't like that and you don't want that, but you need it because it's impacting your ability to get to bed on time and it's impacting your ability to do your homework effectively. It's impacting your ability to understand math because it's already hard for you. So there's some real consequences in her life, right? Yeah. I don't think her parents are actually connecting the dots. That it's that a lot of the things that she struggles with, her time management actually stems from her phone use, mm-hmm. right? So it's like a lot of times you think like parents are just like, she's so disorganized. She's so distracted. And I'm like, well, <laughs> is there something that you're giving her like too much control over her environment? Yeah. I mean, that's too much slack in the line for an adolescent. Much like we wouldn't get mad at a baby who just started walking when they fall down because they're still figuring out this whole like motor control thing. It's important to recognize that this is sort of the adolescent version of that. There are developmental milestones in adolescence that regulate emotional regulation, self-regulation, discipline, time management, executive function, maturity, basically. And 12-year-olds aren't there yet. 15-year-olds aren't there yet. 18-year-olds are barely getting there. So you just need to accept that as a fact on the ground and adjust accordingly. I think the other things that I would be thoughtful around is, and this is something that's really important. I would love it if parents could, you know, if you have a child who has a cell phone and if that cell phone, I do not believe cell phones should stay in people's bedrooms overnight. It should be a place in the house, like a basket, a landing spot in the house where everyone puts their devices at a certain time. Parents, you could do a real great job here by also doing this, like by demonstrating and modeling sort of restraint around your own usage. Like we're all going to do this together at 10 o'clock. We're all going to put our devices here, et cetera. I understand that's more complicated for parents with work or emergencies, but finding ways to kind of join your children and restraint would be great modeling. And in terms of for like older kids, they often use their phones as their alarm clock. I think that's really bad. Because it's the first thing next to their head in the morning. And so they immediately are building this habit that it's the last thing they touch before they go to sleep. And it's the first thing they touch when they wake up in the morning. You're asking for, like you're borrowing trouble. So get your kids a proper alarm clock to wake themselves up. That's not their phone. They still exist. They they totally still exist. In fact, I had a student the other day 
who was trying to convince me that he needed his phone to wake himself up because of all of the different alarms that he could set. And I was like, oh, so, so, no, 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 my friend. So we spent 10 minutes on Amazon looking at alarm clocks together. And I was like, before like 1994, people woke themselves up. Entire civilizations of people have been able to wake themselves up without a phone, without their iPhone 12 or 16 or whatever we're on. So any other rules, parameters, Kathy, that you would throw out there for parents that they should be aware of? Yeah, I just thought of one, but now it's escaped my brain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> as, you're, as you were talking, I was like, oh, this is a great thing to think about. And then I have forgotten what it is. But I'll remember at some point. Can we I'll, talk about parental controls? I'll write a blog post about it. We could talk about parental controls. Like, yes, you should. This is my thing about parental controls. I feel jaded around parental controls. And I think okay. parents feel jaded around pr- parental controls because kids are clever and they find ways around parental controls accidentally or on purpose or, you know, they just determined to be on their phone and find a way to use their phone or you get screen time. Like they are able to usually figure it out or they come and they ask for more screen time, right? Like I needed to do this for school. So you need to give me more screen time. And parents are like, okay, fine. You can have 30 minutes more. <laughs> it's so annoying. And I think it's annoying to me. It's annoying to parents, annoying for kids. I don't know what the solution is besides no, you can't have more screen time and I don't care if your homework's not done. I think that is a solution because I think what that is, what because that begs a more thoughtful conversation about time management. And a lot of times the more screen time is because time has requests is, is a direct result of mismanagement of time, not an actual need for more time. The other thing I would say, just as sort of a final comment for me, If you, when you are in the position of giving your children access to a cell phone, you need to have some conversations. You need to have a conversation about porn. You need to have a conversation about social media usage. Even if you think that they're not like, oh, I'm just giving them their phone at 12 and they don't, they're not allowed to have any social media accounts. Like you still need to have that conversation because. Kathy and I have worked with thousands of teenagers. Trust me, they're going to find a way to have Snapchat. They're going to find a way to be on TikTok. Like they're going to find all of that. You could follow their Instagram and be like, I'm going to be on your Instagram. And then they're going to just make another Instagram. And they're they're just going to make a fake Instagram, Instagram, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's less about, yes, you need to be on it. You need to be monitoring. But a lot of it is about having conversation because, you know, kids could be on their device doing homework for a class and find themselves. The internet is not a safe place. It is predatory. At times. And so kids will be very innocent in their activities and they'll stumble upon porn. And then they're 12 and they're like, oh my God, like, what do I do with this information? So prepare them for that. Give them tools to make them feel like they can come talk to you about if they're scared by what they saw or they have questions about what they saw. Just, but just know that that is going to happen. Like they will run across it. You also need to have conversations with them about like safety over social media sites. You know, I worked with a student a while back who was having a really hard time at school and they were really depressed and they were on all of these gaming platforms. And that has a lot of opportunity to talk to people that you don't know who live all around the world. Or older and and adults. And they were older and they're adults. And it was disturbing to me. And I was really grateful that they told me about it. But they told me about it very nonchalantly not because it was clear to me that they didn't see a problem with it. So, you know, immediately I was like, uh, that's a problem, not appropriate. 
talk to your parents. They were pissed at me. That's okay. They got over it. And then I think finally, the other thing, and this is something that I've had to deal with a lot in my career is you need to talk to your children about how things live on the internet. So if they're going to take pictures of themselves, for example, or share pictures of other people, that doesn't go away, even if they delete it from their phone. Are you talking about nudes, Meredith? Yeah, I'm getting there. And also in the state of California, sending nudes around is against the law. It will be considered child pornography. So for example, like I'll just be real. Like I've had many a situation where I'm thinking of one right now where a student came to me because a picture of them in their underwear that they thought they were sending to their partner was distributed. And that person, their partner, showed it to a friend, sent it to like one friend, and that friend distribute it more widely. Sometimes that distribution was digital, like they literally texted the photo to other people. And in other cases, they like gathered round at school and looked at the picture. They have all just broken the law. As a mandated reporter in schools, I had to call the police, right? And then we had to unpack that. Meanwhile, everyone feels embarrassed. Everyone feels terrible. And these were pretty young kids. And that's, I mean, I, I don't know, you probably dealt with that. I've dealt with that yeah, yeah dozens yeah. of times. Yeah, because kids, they don't understand the impact of their behavior, right? They don't understand the severity of it. They haven't had enough conversations about it and haven't been educated about it. So in summary, get two cans and a string. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Get the the Morse code out, smoke signals, whatever you need to do. But in summary, we're saying if you're going to give your kid a phone, Think carefully about whether or not they're ready for that responsibility. When you think they are, make sure that you're very clear about the expectations around phone use and the rules that you have, that it's a privilege, not a right, and that it can be taken away at any point. Also have these more, you know, it's not just about monitoring, right, your kid's phone use. It's really about having conversations about what having access to everything the phone unlocks for kids, right? Social media, videos, Google, you know, all the things that they can find on the internet and have conversations about values and what matters when they encounter certain topics or people on the internet, right? Like how to manage that, how to handle that. Those are I think I covered all of our like most important rules. And really, Meredith and I strongly agree that you should take phones out of, and all screens, not just phones. I think- Yeah, sorry, all screens. All screens out of the room at night and definitely at least an hour before bedtime, right? Yeah, at least. And I know parents who break that rule all the time because they're like, but they need to finish their homework. This is an opportunity to put your stake in the ground around values, like your mental health matters more to me, your sleep matters more to me, your well-being matters more to me than your math grade. And okay, so you're going to get a bad grade. And I know parents who are like, that's too high stakes. We couldn't possibly do it. I get it. But in my ideal world, that would happen more. It would actually be great for not just your kids, but just our culture around success and achievement. So yeah. there. <laughs> so there. So well there. said. Well 
Well said. I'm going to I'm going to text you immediately after. So FaceTime after we get off this call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um well hopefully this gives you all some just some guidance, some things, some food for thought as you think about when is the right time to introduce cell phones to my children? How do we set them up for success? And my two cents are hold out for as long as possible. Believe it or not, your children will be fine. And be boundaried. And boundaries are not always easy to maintain, but they're really important. And play the long game here. You're trying to grow mature humans in the world who can self-regulate and self-manage. And they need help when they're teens to do that. I was going to make another plug. I know we mentioned it in passing. Common Sense Media is a really great resource. Mm. So if you're not familiar with it, they have a website and they've got all sorts of guidelines for parents as they think they have like a contract for that parents can use once yep. they give their kids a phone, you know. So there's all sorts of great resources. Commonsensemedia.org. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you for one more episode and we'll be done with the season. Woo!